Well, good evening, everyone. It's an honor to be with each and every one of you in here tonight. Just want to give honor to the Spirit of Christ who is amongst us, who is in us, who is with us, who is for us. Amen. Praise the living God. Pastor Alex asked me to take the service tonight, and I hope you would receive me not as a replacement, but just someone who is given the opportunity to share with you the word of the living God. Pastor Alex and Naomi, thank you so much for allowing me this time, for allowing me this opportunity. God bless you guys. Love you guys. I want to give honor to each and every one of you in your respectable places in the body of Christ. Because how many of us know that each and every one of us have a place in the body of Christ? And it doesn't matter if you didn't sign up for it. When you said yes to God, you were given a place whether you like it or not. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Um, you know, this word has been rolling around a lot in my heart for a while now. coming back to me over and over again. And it's something that you and I cannot live without. Not only from the stuff that we've gone through and the stuff that we've been through, but also the stuff and the things that we're currently going through, presently going through, or the things that lie up ahead that we will go through. It is one of the three things that Paul said would re that Paul said would remain as a believer. This topic, this word is not a fruit of the spirit. Although it can give you it can birth inside of you perseverance endurance trust when it's difficult to put our trust in anyone or everyone else this word this aspect of God this characteristic of God will cause you to stand firm it will cause you to stand strong in some of the most fiercest most devastating challenges and trials in life I shared a message a couple months ago that was titled, Hope is Alive in Dark Moments. But tonight I want to share with you that source of reference, that point of reference to which that hope belongs. This hope cannot be given any other way. This hope cannot be acquired any other way. This hope cannot be accumulated any other way except from an intimate relationship with God. It cannot come from any other way except God placing it inside of you. 
this is why a lot of people give up in life. This is why people's hearts are failing them. Things they trusted in, systems they put their trust in, people they put their trust in, failing us, failing them all around, everywhere we look, everywhere we see. The chapter of the earth, the chapter of the world is coming to a close. And Jesus' return is imminent. And I strongly believe without this hope, it's going to be very difficult for us to withstand some of the things that we will have to endure and go through. This hope has kept me through some of the most difficult times in my life. Before I came to Jesus, before I came to God, I had no self-control. I had no limit to the things that I did. The Bible says, he who commits sin is a what? A slave to sin. I had no willpower to overcome moments of difficulty, moments of hardship, moments of deep challenges. Because how many of us know that willpower will only take you so far? This is how you can tell when somebody is excelling in the spirit and when somebody is going by sheer willpower. And I'm going to share some of those moments with you tonight out of the Bible. And we're going to see some moments of despair, moments of emptiness, moments of tragedy, moments of men not even believing or thinking that God was there even after having walked with God for some time. I share this a lot, more so in the prisons or the jails, that it's easy to praise God when everything is going your way. It's easy to thank God when everything is coming together and coming into alignment. But what about when everything seems like it's falling apart? What about when it doesn't look like things are coming together as you thought they would five and ten years ago? God, I thought by now. And I tell people in prison, it's easy to praise and thank God. In jail, it's easy to praise and thank God. When things are going good in your life, it's easy to praise and thank God. But every single person will be faced with a day of adversity. Jesus said it. King Solomon said, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And this only, the only type of strength and hope that can endure 
these types of moments, these types of seasons is the hope that is birthed from a relationship or believing what Jesus promises and says in his word. This morning I was at the prison and we talked about thanksgiving and the power of thanksgiving when all you want to do is complain when all you do is become disgruntled at every little thing that seems to happen in your life for a season that causes that cause may cause me to be irritated and rubbed the wrong way and frustrated because I'm trying to manage things and figure things out and I'm not trusting and hoping in God to work those things out. It's like you and I, hallelujah, Jesus. It's like you and I being in a gym and exercising. This is what Paul talks about when it comes to faith. It's a form of exercise. Godliness is a form of exercise. And you can't, you can't manufacture godliness. You can't manufacture the presence of God. You can't manufacture the power of God. It is something that Jesus freely gives, but when he gives it, there is a breaking in the process. There are seasons in the process that will make you want to quit. Just like that personal trainer in the gym when he says, you got 10 more in you. And you're over there and you're fatigued, your body's hurting, your muscles are hurting. And you say, man, I can't do this. This is too much. Jesus has us on the treadmill because he, know, he knows what he placed inside of you and I. But you and I don't always see it or recognize it. If we did, we wouldn't give up so easy. Y'all don't want me to preach in here, do you? Y'all don't want me to tell the truth in here tonight. Proverbs 13.2, or excuse me, Proverbs 13.12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. This is not speaking of hope delayed. When he uses the word defer, this word is associated with development. This is God's development system. Hope develop. We could we can modernize it. Hope development makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Matthew 27, verse 39. Matthew 27, verse 39.
39 through 43. And those who passed by blasphemed him, him being Jesus, wagging their heads, shaking their heads and saying, you who destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save yourself. All those people you touched, Jesus, all those blind eyes that you opened, all those people you caused to get up and walk who were paralytic, who were living in despair, who were living in hopelessness, had it not been for Jesus coming to this earth. The sickness and the depravity of man would have remained. Don't say, oh, I'm not that bad, because let me tell you. Jesus said there's nothing hidden that will not be uncovered. He will show us our deepest need for him and intimacy with him and relationship with him. I'm not talking about just coming to a Sunday service for a good message so I can feel good for the rest of the week. I'm not talking about punching the card just so I can say that I came to service and I did my duties and I met the quota, God. These people begin to mock Jesus, his own people. Save yourself. You are the son of God. Come down from the cross. One thing the enemy will try to get you to do always is come down from the cross. Just like he did with Peter when he withstood Jesus and said, Jesus, I know you're going to the cross, but be it far from you. Don't do such a thing. But Peter didn't realize that very thing that Jesus was getting ready to do, that very crucifixion that was getting ready to take place would save him for eternity. And they say, bring yourself down from the cross. You saved other people. You ministered to other people. How come God isn't taking care of you? You gave to other people. Now look, God isn't supplying what you need. You prayed for other people that were sick, and now you're sick. Where's God now? Likewise, the chief priest also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Look at this man. Himself, he can't even save. If he's the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross twice. There's an enticement that's taking place to come out of the suffering that Jesus was going through, that Jesus was experiencing. And there will be many moments in our lives like this where the enemy will try to talk you from coming off that cross. That's why Jesus said, if any man, I don't care who he is, how strong he is, how notable he is, how reputable he is, how dependable he is, how reliable he is, if any man desires to come after me, if he does not deny himself, he cannot be my disciple. If you desire to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me on a day-to-day basis. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. Let God deliver him. If he will have him. If he will accept him. For he said, I am the son of God. Verse 45. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, for three hours Jesus cried out. Over and over again, and it looks like nothing is happening. People are standing at the foot of the cross, and they're mocking Jesus. As if, in, as if he isn't who he says he is, or who he professes to be as the Messiah, as the Son, as God incarnate in the flesh. Not for just you and I in the church to see, but for the whole world to see. A low moment of Jesus having all power. We can't even understand that from a natural aspect, but we all know what it's like to feel humiliated. We all know what it's like to feel rejected. And we all know what it's like to feel hopeless in moments. Saying, Eli, Eli, that is my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you turned your back on me? Sometimes we're just walking out our Christianity because we know it's the right thing to do. And God forbid anybody should make fun of us or say that we weren't a Christian or who we profess to be. But even though I may not be feeling it, even though I may not be experiencing the tangible love of God, because God's love is tangible. God's power is tangible. It's more than a sermon. It's more than a message. It's a life. It's the very Zoe life, they call it. The Zoe life of God that we can experience in a real way. That we can feel the love of God. We can feel and experience the hope of God. Jesus had to have hope that, that he believed that God was able to raise him from the dead. Hallelujah. He cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22, Psalm 22, we're going to move kind of fast here. So like I said before, I'm going to need you to listen real fast. <laughs> Psalm 22, verse 1. Don't worry, we're going to get there. Praise God. Verse 1. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wait a minute. This is the psalmist. And we see Jesus in the Gospels quoting the same thing that the psalmist said. 
Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning. Psalm 42. Why are you so far from the words of my groaning, God? Put that scripture up one more time, please. Uh, Psalm 20, 22, verse 1. This psalm starts out with the writer writing to the chief to the chief musician set to the deer of the dawn that's how the psalmist starts out his poem that's how he starts out his song he calls it the deer of the dawn psalm 42 As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, where? is your God that you speak about that you talk about those voices that have a tendency to creep into our minds at times and cause us to doubt God y'all ain't gonna let me talk you in here That cause you to waver. That cause me to waver. That cause me to wonder. Is God really for me? And he doesn't even say that this is a moment. He said there's a season, a time in my life right now where this voice and these voices and they continually say to me, where is your God? Where's the joy the Bible talks about? Where's the prosperity the Bible speaks of? Where's the gladness that God talks about? Where's the healing I'm waiting on God for? My tears have been my food day and night. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm in such agony. I'm in such anguish. I'm in such despair. I don't even know what to say anymore. I lost the words to say to God. And this isn't a man who just, who just got saved. 
This is a man who has seen God bring him through some of the most fiercest trials in life. My tears have been my food. I can't even eat them in such anguish of what's going on around me, of what's going on in my life and my soul. It feels so empty. But now I am crying out to you, God, because my soul is desiring. My soul needs to be quenched. My soul is thirsty, God. I've groped, God. I've gone along, God. I've tried this, God. I've tried that. I've tried this person and that person, this relationship and that relationship, and I can't find anything that will satisfy my soul like you, God. I'm thirsting for the living God. And he says, my tears, it's all I have. When will you come to me, God? Look what he used to do. When I remember these things, there's a song that says, all I need is a memory. And God will give me the victory. Because sometimes in our journey, walking with God, all you have is a memory of what God did. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to church. I went with them to the house of God. And I went with joy. I went with praise, but now I just feel a little religious. And I feel dry. And I feel empty. And all I have right now, God, is a memory of what I used to do. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Not my spirit. My soul is cast down within me. And God, guess what? I used to trust in a lot of things when I was feeling this way. And I used to do a lot of things so I didn't have to feel this way. But now, God, I'm in a moment where I'm vulnerable. And the only way that I'm going to make it out of this, the only way I'm going to come through this agony, this anguish, this pain, this suffering, is if, God, you quench my thirst, God. I'm longing for you. I'm desiring you, God. I want intimacy with you, God. I want you to fill me, God. I want you to overflow me with your goodness and your kindness. With the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within me? Hoping God for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. 
Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mazar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. It's as if he's saying what I'm in right now is deep. It's too deep to describe it with words. But life is still moving. Life is still going. So I have to get up every day and keep moving. But what I'm feeling is real deep right now, God. It's almost as if he's saying I know I'm in a deep place and what I'm in is a deep mess. But what you got, God, what you have, Lord, is so much deeper, is so much better, is so much more awesome, is so much more powerful, is so much more majestic, is so much more promising what you have for me, God. And deep is calling unto deep because there's places in you that are so deep that only the fire of God will bring it to the surface. Only trials will bring it to the surface and cause you to hope and not get stuck there because some people get stuck there. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. I'll remember the miracles that you did. I'll remember you from the heights of the Hermon when I was walking on, when I felt like when I was walking on water with you, God. When I had the emotions of the honeymoon of God to associate with my movement of God. I'm going to say that again. Maybe these people will uh, get what I'm saying over here. When I had the emotions of the honeymoon of God, when God drew you, when God wooed you to himself, when God drawed you with cords of love, when God drawed you with everlasting kindness, when God had mercy on some of your darkest moments, when God had mercy on some of your most sinful times, and he pulled you out of that pit, pulled you out of that darkness, pulled you out of that deep place, pulled you out of that pit of despair, pulled you out of that pit of suffering, caused you to walk on water almost, caused you to stand, caused you to move forward, caused you to be the oh. Cause you to be able to look people in the face. Cause you to be able to look people in the eyes. And David is describing to us a moment of despair. A deep moment that he is in, not just geographically. Not just in the sense of location. But his soul knows that it needs God. But he doesn't know how to get that presence. So he says, God, I don't know how to move forward right now. But what I'm going to do is hold on to a memory, baby. Hallelujah. I'm going to hold on to a memory, God. Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Stop expecting so much from people. That was just a little nugget I threw in. 
I'm telling you because people, listen, we will disappoint each other. Let's just be honest. Sooner or later, you're going to find out that people are not God. If you haven't already. And they're imperfect. Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly. For the salvation of the Lord. This word salvation speaks of deliverance coming from God. Deliverance from anything that you can think of. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, patient and tribulation but I like that he worded the phrase with rejoicing in hope before he put patient in tribulation because if he would have told us to be patient before rejoicing some of y'all know you don't have any. I'm just saying, listen, I don't have a whole lot of patience either. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that gives me the patience, that gives you the patience that we need in order to endure tribulation. Paul said, with much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom of God. He didn't say with much rejoicing. He didn't say with much gladness, much happiness, and much things. He said, with much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom of God. Rejoicing in hope, patient tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer when you don't feel like praying. Because you've had enough. And you don't want anybody else to tell you any different. The Holy Spirit can barely get your attention. And he's telling you to pray. Pray. I'm so mad right now. I'm so angry right now. I feel like proving my point. I feel like giving my opinion. And the Holy Spirit is saying continue steadfastly 
and prayer. Man, if we had a nation that did that, hallelujah, praise the living God. Romans 15, verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of what? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 6.19. That you may abound in hope through the power. He says, listen, this hope becomes so deep that you need the power of the Holy Spirit to endure with it. Because a lot of times our situations can become completely hopeless if it's not for the hand of God, if it's not for the goodness of God, if it's not for the mercy of God, our situations would leave us in utter despair. Our situations would leave us in utter brokenness. Our situations would leave us utterly desperate. Our situations would leave us utterly empty, crying out for people, crying out for relationships, crying out for things, instead of crying out for the living God to satisfy that thirst, for the living God to come and visit you, for the living God to pick you up, for the living God to hold you with his love, for the living God's mercy and goodness to follow you, chase you, run you down, and bring you into his arms. If it was not for this hope, Hebrews 6, 619, we're gonna close with this scripture. Hallelujah, Jesus. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, that anchor goes deep into the sand, underneath the sand, to keep the boat from drifting away. It sticks its prongs down into a place where you and I cannot reach when we're on, let's just say, the sea. You need the anchor to hold the boat in place because the waves become so boisterous. The waves become so overpowering. The waves become so overwhelming. Have you ever been in a season? Have you ever been in a moment where it just seemed like everything was bombarding you? Everything was coming to you. Everything was coming against you. Everything was coming at you at once and you felt like you were so overwhelmed. You would never make it out of that place. You would never come out of that darkness. You would never come out of that suffering you would never come out of that pain and then God shows up and pulls you out of that place of despair this hope we have as an anchor for the soul because that boat may drift but that anchor is going to yank it back both sure and steadfast thank you Jesus which enters the presence behind the veil So it goes to a place where you and I could never approach, where you and I could never go, where you and I would never be willing to go if it wasn't for God to draw us by his grace, if it wasn't God to draw us by his love, if it wasn't for God to draw us by his influence, if it wasn't for God to draw us by his divinity, if it wasn't for God to 
draw us by his love. This presence behind the veil, this place of the holies of holies, you and I could never approach. You and I can never get to. But this hope we have as an anchor, hallelujah, this hope we have, sure and steadfast, that comes behind the veil into a place of relationship, into a place of romance, into a place of intimacy with the living God. The hope that is in Jesus Christ will cause you to rise after a fall. This hope will cause you to keep pressing, keep pushing, keep moving forward when everything in your current situation says quit. This hope will cause the prisoner to be loosed and freed. Hope will cause you to believe in the most darkest moments. Hope will cause you to see Jesus when fear and anxiety is gripping and attacking your mind. Hope will cause you to defy statistics that say there's no way you're coming out of this. And if you do, you'll never be the same again. These voices, David said, that came to him daily. That said, where is your God? Hope will cause you to live when you feel like dying. Hope will cause you to shut the mouths of lions. Hope will cause you to shut the mouths of doubters. Hope will cause you to shut the mouths of enemies. Hope will cause you to say, oh death, where is your sting, oh grave, where is your victory? This hope will cause you to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and say, there is hope for me, hope for my family, hope for my city, hope for my state, and hope for my nation. Hope will cause you to live and not die and declare the works of God. Hope will drive out depression. Hope will drive out addiction. Hope will drive out confusion. Hope will heal mental illness. Hope will drive out suicide. Hope will bring families back together. Hope will bring marriages back together. Hope will cause you to rise up after a breakup. Hope will cause you to rise after years of heartache. Hope will cause you to rise after a broken marriage. Hope will cause you to stay with God after the person you love, the person you trusted, the person you believed in walks out on you for no reason. Hope will cause you to seek the Lord while you're waiting, while you're waiting on a wife, while you're waiting on a husband while you're waiting on the doctor's report hope will cause you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord that marriage you feel like giving up on hope will cause you to seek the Lord when you don't understand why how did this happen hope will cause you to see Jesus when the world around you is falling apart hope will cause you to wait on the Lord when everything that has happened to you in a negative sense says walk away from God he was never there he'll never bring you out of this he'll never bring you out of this pit hope will cause you to stand still and say blessed be the Lord my God blessed be the Lord my rock blessed be the Lord the God of my salvation I will trust in him at all times because if he delivered me once he will do it again if he delivered me once he'll deliver me twice hallelujah Jesus hallelujah God hallelujah Jesus the Apostle Paul says we have this hope that is found in Jesus Christ as an anchor for our soul. Not our spirit because our spirit is born again. But our soul has to be renewed and transformed because the Apostle Paul understood the complexity of the soul and how it has the tendency to waver, wonder, and wander. And to become downcast and discouraged. He wanted his audience of believers to understand that they don't have to be afraid. They don't have to pretend. They don't have to be discouraged in times of tribulations and difficulties and hardship because God is actually using it to grow us as believers more and more into the image of Christ. And we can glory in that, he says, because the anchor Jesus Christ has entered within the veil. He has gone into the presence of God for you and I. 
He did something beyond the natural mind so deep that he had to give you his spirit in order to understand it. Into the holiest places of all and connected us to the heavenly father because Jesus is the anchor sure and steadfast holding our soul, holding our emotions, holding our experiences, holding us in place, holding our lives intact. Again, why are you cast down on my soul? Put your hope, direct your hope towards God. He is the help. He is the hope of your life. And he is your life. Amen. Praise the living God. Let's pray.